Hi, everyone. I'm Debbie Roberts, owner and financial advisor at Property Apprentice. Join us today for the Week in Review, where I talk about current events for the everyday investor and home buyer. Our topics for this week, first up from good returns on the 23rd of January, DTIs will have no significant impact on house prices immediately. Second topic from staff on the 20th of January, what might happen to your KiwiSaver in 2024? Third topic from interest.co.nz on the 22nd of January, more than 1,900 new dwellings completed in Auckland for the third month in a row in November. Topic number four from New Zealand Herald on the 24th of January, renter advocates want private landlords regulated under a new bill targeting property managers. And fifth topic for this week in review from One News on the 24th of January, Surprise Region overtakes Auckland as the priciest for renters. So first up for this week in review from Good Returns on the 23rd of January, DTIs will have no significant impact on house prices immediately. The Reserve Bank anticipates minimal short-term effects on housing prices from its proposed debt-to-income or DTI restrictions. It's in consultation to permit other banks to lend 20% of residential loans to owner-occupiers with a DTI exceeding 6 and 20% to investors with a DTI exceeding 7 Simultaneously, loan-to-value ratios or LVRs will be adjusted, allowing 20% of owner-occupier lending with an LVR over 80% and 5% of investor lending with an LVR over 70%. So what that means is that although home buyers will still need a 20% deposit, banks will be able to lend 20% of all of their lending to homeowners with less than 20% deposit. And for investors, the deposit restriction will be relaxed a little bit. So instead of needing 35%, investors will need 30% deposit and 5% of all lending to investors with less than 30% deposit will be allowed to be approved by the banks as well. So, yeah, so good news for all borrowers across the board if this goes through. So, as I said earlier, it's under consultation at the moment. These settings are going to cap lending to owner-occupiers with debt-to-incomes over six. So, in other words, the debt can be no more than six times their income. And for investors, with DTI over seven, so no more than seven times their income. So what that means is that there'll be a limit on how much you can borrow to invest in property or to purchase your own home. Allowing 20% lending beyond the proposed debt-to-income thresholds provides a bit of flexibility for banks to accommodate high DTIs, but creditworthy borrowers or complex cases will still be able to you know, be considered. The Reserve Bank aims to activate DTI restrictions by the middle of the year after considering feedback and making final decisions. Approximately 10% of first-home buyer lending and owner-occupier lending without investment collateral currently exceeds a DTI of 6. So that's going to be a small percentage of home buyers that will be affected by this. Despite initial non-binding calibration due to low, high DTI lending flows, the Reserve Bank believes that DTI restrictions can prevent unsustainable house prices in the medium to long term. The proposed restrictions align with the bank's view of current sustainable house prices, minimising the risk of correction. The Reserve Bank modelling 
indicates financial stress at DTI ratios of 6 and 7, influenced by declining interest rates. The easing of LVR restrictions and the non-binding DTI calibration aim to mitigate the risk of banks losing customers to non-bank lenders. Acknowledging concerns from banks, the Reserve Bank believes the impact on customer loss is unlikely to be significant, especially with monitoring mechanisms in place. The New Zealand Banking Association, a bank lobby group, opposes the introduction of DTIs, citing potential adverse customer impacts such as more people will potentially need to go to non-bank lenders who sometimes have higher interest rates than the main banks. So pros and cons on both sides. I think, to be fair, the debt-to-income ratios that they're looking at introducing will affect a small number of loans. The majority of lending for investors and home buyers is well below the DTIs that the Reserve Bank is proposing. And so I certainly don't expect it to have a major impact on house prices, which is indicated in this article as well. But I think what will tend to happen is that banks will find a way to accept more of your provable income. I read one article where they were proposing that banks could accept 100% of the rental income towards your provable income, whereas at the moment they scale that back quite heavily. So it'll be interesting to see how the feedback goes and, you know, as they say, they're taking it under consideration. So second topic for this week in review from Stuff on the 20th of January, what might happen to your KiwiSaver in 2024? KiwiSaver funds faced a challenging 2023 with a tough September quarter due to high interest rates impacting equity markets and conservative funds. The Reserve Bank expects rates to remain steady in 2024, generating mixed opinions. Growth and high growth funds may benefit if the Federal Reserve cuts rates, enhancing returns with more exposure to equities. Conservative investors could see improved returns as cash and bonds deliver higher yields. Conservative funds struggled with bond losses, but as bonds mature and are replaced with higher yielding ones, overall returns are expected to improve. Despite potential market impacts from interest rates, geopolitical tensions and inflation, experts emphasise aligning investment with your risk profile. Dean Anderson of Kernel notes that 2024 should be steady, barring surprises. Murray Harris of Milford advises investors to focus on fund alignment with risk profiles and long-term goals, rather than market fluctuations. Simplicity founder Sam Stubbs criticises National's lack of focus on KiwiSaver, suggesting a need to encourage more savings. Despite challenges, the outlook for KiwiSaver in 2024 is positive, with managers investing in venture capital, private equity and housing. The anticipated cycle of falling interest rates may boost KiwiSaver returns, as share and bond markets typically rise in such conditions. Encouraging saving now is crucial for future spending, making 2024 a good time for politicians to promote increased savings for your KiwiSaver funds. And, you know, in a similar vein, managed funds are likely to perform pretty well in 2024 also. So make sure that you get good financial advice about the funds that you're invested in. Diversification is one of the keys for successful investing with minimizing your risk. If you'd like to learn more about investing in property, join me at one of our free events called How to Succeed with Property Investing. I'll discuss strategies for successful investing from my perspective as an experienced property investor, 
and also as a financial advisor. And these events are available live online or in person in our office in Ellerslie at Auckland. Check out propertyapprentice.co.nz for upcoming dates and register today. If you've been to one of our free events and you enjoyed it, feel free to tell your friends and family about it. We don't sell property, so it's all about increasing your knowledge to reduce your risk. If you've already been to one of our free events and you'd like to find out more about how we can help you to reach your financial goals, you can also book a no-obligation phone call or meeting with my husband, Paul Roberts, via the website. That's propertyapprentice.co.nz. Third topic for this week in review from interest.co.nz on the 22nd of January, more than 1,900 new dwellings completed in Auckland for the third month in a row in November. Auckland's robust home construction trend persisted in November, with Auckland Council granting 1,925 CCCs or Code Compliance Certificates for new dwellings. CCCs, which indicate completed buildings, serve as a fairly reliable measure of new housing supply. Despite November nearing a record high, the 18,002 CCCs issued in the 12 months to November set an unprecedented annual record since the Council's data collection began in 2013. Auckland's residential construction has thrived, witnessing a 30% year-on-year increase in new homes completed. However, the surge in completed homes contrasts with a steady decline in building consents for new dwellings since the peak in March 2022. In November 2023, only 1,164 consents were issued in Auckland, hinting at a potential decline in new home completions as existing projects finish and fewer new projects commence this year. It's also important to remember that building consents and CCCs being issued don't necessarily reflect the true increase in the property market, you know, and as far as housing supply goes, because sometimes building consents and CCCs might just be replacing like for like, you know, knocking down one old house and, and rebuilding a new one. Obviously in Auckland, there's a number of new townhouses that have been built. So there's a good chance that the building consent and CCCs has included an increase in the number of dwellings, which to be fair, when we look at the number of net migrants that are coming into New Zealand and the majority seem to settle in Auckland first, this is very well needed in Auckland. We certainly need more houses, otherwise we're going to end up in a major shortage of housing in Auckland just through population growth. Fourth topic for this week in review, New Zealand Herald on the 24th of January. Renter advocates want private landlords regulated under a new bill targeting property managers. A bill proposing disciplinary action for property managers neglecting rental property conditions was introduced, but it excludes private landlords who own about 85% of New Zealand's rental properties. Instances of poor living conditions leading to tenants' deaths highlight the need for landlord accountability. Tenant advocates like Renters United push for a tribunal to oversee landlords, emphasising the lack of regulation and accountability for their actions. In 2022, Labour proposed a tribunal for property managers, but private landlords were excluded. The Residential Property Managers Bill, introduced in 2023, targets property managers representing 42% of the rental stock. It establishes requirements, a register and licensing through the REA which is the Real Estate Authority. 
Critics question the effectiveness of the REA, suggesting a new entity for oversight. Property Investors Federation supports the bill, but opposes subjecting private landlords to similar disciplinary measures. Otago University researcher Dr. Talfa Barnard sees the exclusion of private landlords as a missed opportunity, advocating for similar standards. The proposed bill includes a clause allowing the Tenancy Tribunal to order private landlords to employ a property manager if found unfit. The Property Investors Federation argues against subjecting private landlords to disciplinary action, fearing it would drive them underground. Instead, they encourage landlords to join their federation for training resources. Otago University's doctor calls for a register for landlords currently lacking in New Zealand to better understand the rental property market and set policy. The bill faces opposition, with national campaigning against Labour's war on landlords. Incoming Housing Minister Chris Bishop expresses national support for the Residential Property Manager's Bill but hints at possible changes in tenancy laws. The fate of the bill awaits decisions from the Coalition Government's review of legislation. Last topic for this week in review from One News on the 24th of January, Surprise Region overtakes Auckland as the priciest for renters. New data from TradeMe reveals that national median weekly rents in New Zealand have reached an all-time high of $625 in December marking the first increase in almost six months. Tenants are now paying an extra $45 a week on average. The Bay of Plenty has surpassed Auckland as the priciest region, with rents increasing by 11.7% year-on-year to reach $670 per week. Auckland experienced a recent dip in rent prices, but remains one of the more expensive places to live. Marlborough is the only region with a year-on-year decrease, seeing a 0.9% decline in median weekly rent to $530. Southland maintains its status as the most affordable region, with a median price of $440 a week, reflecting a 2.3% increase from November. Nationwide, demand for rental properties in December decreased by 19%, which isn't surprising because, you know, Christmas, compared with November, with listings down by 17%. Shocker. Major cities, including Auckland, 20%, Canterbury, 19%, and Wellington, 8%, all experience declines in demand. I suspect that's probably also because all of those areas had Christmas too. Gisborne was up by 42% and Marlborough, 61%. They were the only regions showing increased demand compared to December 2022. So, you know, potentially, especially with Gisborne, Uh, That could be part of the demand caused by lack of housing following the extreme weather events. There's so many opportunities to look forward to in the property market this year. If you want to take control of your financial well-being, join me for one of our free events called How to Succeed with Property Investing. We've updated our two-hour workshop so you get the latest information. I'll bring you up to date with what's happening with the economy, so we'll talk about inflation bank criteria, all that sort of stuff, and more. As a seasoned property investor and a licensed financial advisor, I'll be sharing valuable insights and expert tips to help you on your journey. Our free events cater to all levels of property investors and first-home buyers, and I'll tell you more about how we help our clients achieve their financial goals. 
So if you're interested in finding out more about what we do and how we could help you, go to propertyapprentice.co.nz today and secure your spot by registering for one of our free events. Alternatively, if you want to skip the free event and just book a no-obligation phone call or meeting with my husband, Paul Roberts, you can do that through the website too. That's propertyapprentice.co.nz. Thanks for listening. 